Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. I preached, I, I talked about Jesus' last commandment. And I preached from Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, in being married for four months, I have learned a few things. I found out that I'm not as perfect as I thought I was. Not that I thought I was perfect before, but just I had some uh, reinforcement of uh, that I wasn't perfect. You know, <laughs> I had some reminders that there were some things that I needed to work on. But you know, it's funny when when things are presented to us like that. the The proper response is not I've found. The proper response is not, well, this is how I was when you married me. So deal with it. I'm not going to change for you. That's a pretty selfish response. But a loving response is, hey, there's some things that I need to work on. And I need to remember what the goal was, what the point was of when I started out in this thing. Amen. There's something I'm wanting to build. There's something I'm wanting to move forward in. And it's so important to keep that image in mind that we started out with. And you know, it's the same way in living for God. Some people, they come to the Lord and they come into the church and they say, well, God, I'm sorry, I just can't change. I'm not willing to change. Amen. But as we read, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Amen. God's word is pretty open with us about how he wants us to live. And if we're going to be in a relationship with him, if I told my wife, you know, I'm sorry, I don't care what you want from me. I'm just going to be who I am. Our relationship would not go very much further as far as growth. Amen. But I I want to grow. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better man. But at the same time, I want to be a better child of God. I want to be a better servant for the king. I want to grow in my relationship with Him. I don't just want to stay where I'm at now, but I want to move forward. I want to get closer to Him. Hallelujah. And so when He asks change of me, I want to have that attitude that says, Yes, Lord, I, I, I didn't know, maybe I didn't know that that's what you wanted from me. But Lord, now that I know, I want to be willing, I want to be humble, and I, I will change with your help. With your help, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll do what you want me to do. Amen. Everything in our walk with God is about relationship. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. I want to talk to you about keeping the main thing the main thing. If we can turn in our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. This is not a particularly fun passage of Scripture that we're going to start out with today. It's, sometimes it's kind of confusing exactly why it plays out the way that Jesus said it will. I want to talk about keeping the main thing the main thing. Why don't we read it together out loud? 
Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. If one more time we can just raise our hands to heaven and ask the Lord to speak to us today. Lord Jesus, speak to us, O God. Lord, let us have ears that are attentive to hear your word. But let us also have hearts that are ready to receive whatever it is that you're saying to us today, O God. Help us to be careful hearers of your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, let your blessing be upon us, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, it's so easy for us to lose sight of what's important. When we start out in something new, whether it's marriage or a, a new job or a new hobby or, or a project that we're working on, we, we have mind, we, we have what we think it's going to look like. We have the big picture view. But it doesn't take so long after we've started that new job that it doesn't work out just so perfectly like we thought it would. There's a lot more details than what we knew there would be. There's a lot more responsibilities than what we totally understood. And pretty soon we can get so caught up in seeing the details that we completely forget that big picture that seemed so great to us when we started out. The big picture is still there, but we just can't see it anymore. And we can get so caught up and, and lost in the details and, and how everything's going to work out. We could get so mired in the details that we forget even why it was that caused us to start in the first, first place. We lose sight of the main thing. In the scripture that we just read in Matthew 24, I believe Jesus is talking about a group of people that they're not what we would consider to be bad people. They're obviously people that are hard workers. They think they're working for the Lord. They're doing their very best, but they've lost sight of the main thing. They even say, Jesus, have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done many wonderful things in your name? But what Jesus is really saying to them at the end is, you didn't get what it was really about. You never got the main thing. The main thing that Jesus is pointing out here is that he never knew them. What Jesus is saying the main thing is, is that relationship with him. If we don't get anything else, if we never cast out devils, if we never do wonderful works or perform miracles, you better get the main thing. The main thing is knowing him. It's walking with him. It's having a relationship with Him. It's about me knowing Him and Him knowing me. That's the main thing. And we've got to keep the main thing, our relationship with God. It's got to be the main thing. It's got to be the main thing. You know, the Bible talks about our walk with Him. 
It's interesting that the Bible never talks about a sprint, but it's a walk with Him. You know, it takes time for relationships to, to develop. You know, it's interesting that, that we never know how much further we have to go. There's one person who said, we always think of ourselves in our current condition as being our ultimate version of ourselves. that I will never progress beyond this because I'm already all that I can be. But if you think back to who you were 10 years ago, how many of you can recognize that you've done a lot of growing in the last 10 years? You're not who you used to be. And in 10 more years, we're probably going to look back and see where we were now and say, wow, I had a lot of growing to do and I've done a lot of growing. We are not the ultimate versions of ourselves, and, and that's why in our walk with God, we've got to keep walking. We've got to keep growing. We've got to keep moving forward. Some people, they want to sprint, and they just want to get it all at once. But it doesn't work that way. We've just got to keep walking. It takes time for a relationship to develop. But for a relationship to develop, I have found that you've got to be willing to spend time with the one that you want to have a relationship with. You know, it's funny, just to be a little bit transparent, and I kind of doubt that our case is, is a unique, but a lot of the time I fall asleep after Corey, and the reason why is because I like to do things on my phone, and I like to read books, and I like to watch videos or whatever. And Sometimes she'll say, hey, hey, why don't you put your phone down? She wants to spend time together. And it's in those moments where I can either choose to live in that moment or if I, if I want to remember what the main thing is. Amen. And I have a choice. We can become so entangled with the details that we completely lose sight of the main thing. In the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6 and verses 1 through 4, the disciples were encountered with a situation that was just like this. The church was still in its infancy. It was, it was young, and, and, and things were going good, though. God was blessing, and people were being saved and coming into the church, and there were miracles that were happening. But then there was a problem that came up that wanted to steal away their attention. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, it says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring, a complaining of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected, in the daily ministration. It means that the, the little old ladies who couldn't fend for themselves were getting elbowed out of the lunch line by the bigger, younger guys. And by the time they made it through, all of the chicken was gone. And so they came to the, to the apostles and said, Hey, we need you to do something about this. The disciples were presented with a problem, and, and it's interesting the way that they responded. They didn't say, well, your problems are so stupid. Figure it out for yourself. You know, this is not even an issue. How dare you bother us with this? It was an issue. It was a problem. But it wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the thing that really deserved all of their attention. And so the disciples responded. They didn't allow their attention to be diverted. But they responded, they said, Brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. This, this problem, this thing needed attention, but it didn't deserve the apostles' attention. They said, Seek out seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we, but we're going to keep the main thing 
the main thing. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You know, there's so many things that come up in our lives, in our day-to-day lives. It could be on our job or in our family that, that there are things that need to be taken care of. There are important things, but we cannot allow ourselves to be distracted from the main thing and allow those even to replace the main thing. You know, the devil will bring up so many distractions, and if we allow him to be successful in distracting us from what we need to be focused on, you can guarantee he'll just keep doing it again. And again, and again, you get a text message in the morning. You had your Bible open and you were, you were ready to read. And you don't read more than two verses before your phone dings. and You're presented with a distraction. And if you pick up your phone and put your Bible down, you know there's going to be something else that takes your attention. And something else, and before long you'll find out that you've totally lost sight of the most important part. Of your day. And that's the devil's job. That's the devil's job. You know, in a few hours, there uh, is going to be a, a clash of giants. I don't know where they're playing, but the Seahawks are playing the Vikings. When I was in Bible school, I was a Vikings fan because I lived in Minnesota and we were always terrible. And so I would always justify my, my being a fan of them by saying, well, at least we have pretty uniforms. But if you've ever played sports, you know there's one thing that is almost a mantra of, of you learn it, whatever sport you play, from the very beginning, you learn it. Your dad's told it to you. Your coach has told it to you. Keep your eye on the, on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. If you're playing baseball, you've got to keep your eye on the ball. If you're a wide receiver playing football, you've got to keep your eye on the ball when it's thrown to you. You've got to keep your focus on the thing that matters more than anything else. I can guarantee you there's going to be distractions. The crowd's going to be making noise. There's going to be some people who love you, and there's going to be people who hate you. But you know what? The crowd does not deserve your attention. There's going to be other players on the field and, and what they're doing, and maybe they're playing right or they're not playing well. And that can get our attention, but... You can't lose sight of the ball. You've got to keep your eyes on the thing that really matters. Don't be distracted. Keep the main thing the main thing. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 25 says, Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. What he's saying is don't turn your attention to the left. Don't turn your attention to the right. And in 2021, those are the things that are trying to get our attention, aren't they? The left and the right. But Proverbs is telling us, keep your attention focused forward. Don't worry about what the left is doing so much. Don't worry about what the right is doing so much. But just keep your eyes focused on where you're wanting to go. Just keep moving forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on his word. Don't let other things distract you and crowd out the main thing. Keep it in front of you and keep moving towards it. You've got to look where you're wanting to go. You've got to keep your focus on the thing that will bring you to the destination you want to reach. There's so many things that that try to get our attention for this moment, for this here and now. But, but you know, the, the thing that I want more than anything else, the place I want to go more than anywhere else, I want to make it to heaven one day. 
I don't plan to arrive there today. You never, we never know. We never know. I don't plan to arrive there today, but that's the place I want to go more than anywhere else. I want to keep it in my eyesight. I want to keep it in my view. I want to keep it in my focus. I want to live with my eyes looking straight on to heaven. That's where I want to go. I want to be with the master someday around his throne worshiping him. That's what I've got to keep in my focus, in my eyesight. The last thing I would want to hear when I arrived at that destination is to hear him say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. While you were walking towards the destination, you just never had enough time to get to know me. You never had enough time to have a relationship with me. You didn't understand what the main thing was. I would hate to hear him say, I'm sorry, I never knew you. You didn't make it. Depart from me. But I want to hear him say when I get there, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He knows who I am. He knows what I'm about. I know him. We have a relationship that he's my master and I'm his servant. I want to hear him say, enter it into the joy of the Lord. In the book of Luke chapter 8. We're going to be reading verses 4 through 8, and then again 11 through 15. It says, And when much people were gathered together, there were come to him out of every city. And Jesus spake a parable, the parable of the sower. It says, The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. That seed wasn't effective, it just fell to the side. And it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. I want to ask us this morning, what is the determining factor of the effectiveness of the seed? Was it that on some ground, good seed fell, but on other ground, it was just bad, worthless seed? Was the problem in the seed? Or was the problem in the sower of the seed? I think the Bible is pretty clear that the problem was with the one who was receiving the seed. The same seed fell on all of the different ground. The sower sowed it uh, up. without hesitation on anyone who would receive it. But it was how the seed was received and then what was done with it that determined the effectiveness of the seed in that ground. People didn't understand what Jesus was saying that day. And so he told his disciples later, he said, the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear They hear the word of God, but then comes the devil and takes away the word of God out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, they receive the word with joy. They're excited about it. They know how valuable this seed is. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in a time of temptation, fall away. What is temptation about? Temptation is always about focusing on the present over the future. It's that 
instant gratification that our generation is so taken by. It's that prioritizing over right now. Well, well, I want this now, and, and so I'm sorry, but I'm going to push the seed away. Maybe if that would do something for me right now where I'm at, but, but there's this temptation, and, and I just can't fight it, and I give into it, and so the word dies. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, they go forth, and they're choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And bring no fruit to perfection. This group, they don't get rid of the seed. They don't hate the seed. But there's just so many other things that come up and they say, hey, hey, focus on me. Hey, give me your attention. Hey, hey, let me have your attention for a bit. And before long, this seed that's so precious, the main thing isn't even a thing in their life. But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, they keep it, they protect it, they hold on to it. Yeah, there's, there's cares that try to come up against them, but they say, hey, hey, I'm sorry, I've got something more precious. I've got something I've got to keep my focus on. Yes, there's problems that come up in life, but, but when they deal with it, they, hey, I'm not going to let you take my attention away from this precious seed. They hold on to it. They keep it. They nurture it. They keep the main thing, the main thing. And it's in that ground that the word is able to bring forth something that is priceless, something that's beautiful. What is our main thing right now? What causes some to be unfruitful? And at the same time, in the same church, in the same congregation, there's others that hear the same word, and it brings life in them. It causes them to be fruitful. It causes change to be born in them. It causes them to grow closer to God and have a developed relationship with Him. I think it's the ability to receive the Word of God and to keep our focus on it. Again, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. We've got to keep our focus on the Word of God and allow it to grow in our life. There will be things that will rise up and try to choke it. There will be things that try to rise up and take our attention away from it. But our life depends on our focus. Our eternity, us making it or not making it, depends on us keeping the main thing. Keeping, keeping, keeping the main thing, the main thing. In Matthew chapter 7, Verses 24 through 27, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine I want us to notice this morning that everybody mentioned in this story heard the same word. They heard the same sayings of Jesus. They heard the same teaching. They heard the same call. But it was their response that was different. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house 
upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I want to tell you this morning, it's not enough to just show up to church on Sunday morning and just sit through the sermon and it come in one ear and go out the other. And Well, hey, at least I spent some time in God's house and then we go home and not do anything about it. Hearing is not enough. We've got to do it. It's not hearing the word that saves us. It's not hearing the word that will heal us. It's not hearing the word that will help us. But it's doing the word. It's doing the word. I wonder how many of us, I would, I would say probably the majority of us, when we come to church and we hear pastor preach, there's something in our heart that says, hey, you know what? I believe that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to focus on that this week. But those cares of life. Those distractions, they come as soon as the pastor's done talking. As soon as he says, you're dismissed. What, what do we do? We go to each other and we start talking. Is fellowship wrong? Absolutely not. Fellowship is good, but it's not the main thing. Where we eat lunch, we all want to eat lunch when we get out of here. I shouldn't have mentioned that because now we're all going to be paying attention to that. But, but where we eat lunch is not the main thing. It's the word that we receive that is the main thing. I wonder how many of us think, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put that into practice, but no more than 20 minutes after church is done, the seed is forgotten about and all the cares of life come back and they choke out the main thing. We've got to keep the main thing. The main thing. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 42, it tells a story of Jesus. It says, Now when it came to pass as they went, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. And said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Martha was trying to be a good hostess. She was trying to, to treat Jesus well. She was, Jesus is in my house. How would you respond if Jesus was a guest in your house? You would be getting something out of the fridge or you'd start cooking. You'd be, you'd be trying to, oh man, there was a spill that wasn't cleaned up. You'd be trying to clean up when he was looking the other way. You'd be trying to take care of things, making sure he's comfortable. Jesus, can I take your coat from you? Jesus, can I get you anything to drink? How can I make you comfortable? And Mary left Martha alone to do all of that by herself. And while Martha was taking care of Jesus, Mary was sitting with Jesus. And Martha says, hey, it's not fair. She ought to be helping me take care of you. Jesus didn't respond by telling Mary, hey, you know, Mary, you ought to help your sister. M Martha said, bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part 
which shall not, which shall not be taken away from her. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I want to be a faithful servant for the Lord. I want to work for Him. You know what? I want to see demons cast out of people. I want to see many wonderful works done in His name. I want to see miracles happening. But those are not the main thing. And we've got to keep, we have got to keep the main thing, the main thing. The Bible doesn't say it's the church that has demons cast out that they're going to be the ones who make it. But it's the ones that He knows. It's the ones who know Him. It's those who are walking in relationship with Him. It's those who are having fellowship with Him that they're growing in their walk with Him. I wonder how many of us maybe have lost focus of the main thing. I want to tell us this morning we have got to regain our focus. I don't care what else is going on in our life. I don't care what our job situation looks like. I don't care what our family situation looks like. We have got to regain our focus of the main thing. Hallelujah. We've got to make the main, we've got to make the main thing the main thing again. We can't just have our focus on making it through this week because this week is not what it's all about. Eternity is what it's all about. We're trying to make it to heaven. You know, the alternative is a little bit too bad for us to risk it or to try to cut it close. Well, how, how much can I divert my focus from the main thing and, and still make it? It doesn't seem like a very wise way to walk, does it? And yet so many of us do it almost all of the time, if not all the time. But we've got to make it. We've got to make it. We've got to walk with our eyes looking forward, looking at the goal. That scripture that was put up there this morning by accident, it says uh, that we've got to, uh, seeing wherefore we're compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We've got to walk with our eyes on Him, with our focus fixed on Him. He is the main thing. He is the main thing. If our worship is not about Him, then it's not worship. If our word is not about Him, then it's not the word. Hallelujah. He is the main thing. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just take a few minutes this morning and lift our hands to God and say, Lord, search my heart, Jesus. Lord, search my heart, Jesus. God, I want to have the right focus. I've got to have the right focus, Lord. Jesus, I want the main thing to be my main thing. Lord, I want to be focused on the right thing, Jesus. Lord, I know there's going to be things that come up and try to, try to crowd you out, that try to take my focus away from you. And, and in this day and age, everything wants to be the main thing. But Lord, I've got to push those aside and I've got to keep my focus on you. Sometimes I wonder if we need to just, just remind the other things in this world their proper place, if we need to take a break from them and say, you know what, social media... 
You're, get, you're taking too much of my focus. I'm going to put you to the side for a while. You know what, Internet? You, I spend too much time on you. I need to put you to the side for a while because you need to know that you're not the main thing in my life. We've got to regain our focus. We've got to, we've got to, he has got to be everything to us. He needs to know that he is the main thing. Hallelujah. Why don't we just spend a few moments here this morning talking to the Lord. If you want to come to this altar and, and, and pray, I, I open the altar if you want to come. The altar is not just a place of prayer, but it's a place of sacrifice. If you want to sacrifice, if you want to put yourself on the altar afresh and say, Lord, uh, my focus has wavered, but God, I want to have the right focus. Jesus, I'm going to renew my focus on you. Jesus, you're going to be the main thing. Lord, I'm not just going to be a hearer from here on out, but Lord, I'm going to keep that seed. I'm going to keep that word that you've given me. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to make sure it grows in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just talk to the Lord across this place today. Lord, forgive us, Jesus, for allowing the devil at times to come and take the word out of our hearts. Forgive us for allowing the cares of this life or even entertainment or other things that, that don't really matter. Forgive us for letting them snatch away our focus from the only thing that really, really, really matters. Our relationship with you. Hallelujah. Jesus, our job does not matter in comparison to you. Our hobbies don't matter in comparison to you, Lord. Help us to live with our eyes fixed, Jesus. With our eyelids looking straight on to you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Take back the proper place in our lives, Lord. Jesus, there's a throne in our heart, Lord, and you're the only one that deserves to sit on it, God. Lord, we give you a place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be the king of our hearts, Lord. Be the king of our lives, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Renew our focus this morning, God. Renew our focus on you, God. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You deserve all of our love, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for preparing a place for us, Lord. Thank you for preparing a place for us. Hallelujah, we worship you, Jesus, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
Reignite a hunger and a thirst for you in our hearts, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, help us to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, those things that we do that are not pleasing to you, God. Lord, help us to set those aside, Lord. Help us to be pleasing to you, Jesus. Lord, help us to search out in your word, your commandments. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Let our minds be renewed this morning. Renew our minds, God, so that we can know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, transform us today, God. Transform us today, God. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Thank you, Brother Jason. That is certainly uh, that is a message right on, right in line with what we need to hear for sure. Before we're dismissed, a couple of things. If if you are here today and you need special prayer, okay, if you need a miracle of any kind in your life, we're going to ask you before we close. We're going to ask you to come up front and we'll pray with you. Amen. Believing that God will minister to that need here today. So if you're here, if you have a special need, if you want special prayer, please feel free to come up in front. The other thing is, uh, if you would like to, to, uh, uh, to give toward Brother and Sister Lucas here, if you'd like to bless them, with an offering, then please feel free to do that also. There's a offering basket right here in front, and Brother Jason will be teaching on Wednesday night, and then uh, the church will give them an offering. But if there's something, I know a lot of, there's a few that will probably won't be here on Wednesday night. So if you'd like to bless this couple, they are, those that don't know, they are missionaries going to Japan. And uh, so they are traveling the country. Amen. How many of you would like, anybody here ever traveled driving 15,000 miles in four months? I haven't. I've driven 1,000 miles in one day a couple of times. But uh, amen. So, all right, if nobody needs special prayer, we are going to pray. Oh, right here. Brother Jason, if you would help us pray here. Amen. And those that, uh, amen, those that are in the back seated, if you just lift your heart to the Lord here, let's pray. Amen. Let's pray for Michael. The Lord would minister to his need here today. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, believing God, you and you alone, you and you alone, Lord. You are our great physician. Lord Jesus, you are God. You are the one that cares for our soul, Lord. Only you. Hallelujah. We pray that you would touch, touch Michael here, God. Touch him. Hallelujah. Whatever the need is, God, we pray. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor. We praise you, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anyone else this morning before we're dismissed? Right here, Brother Jake, amen. Brethren, if you would, Brother Jake needs special prayer here, if you would. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's it, come on, that's it. Come on, let's believe the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I am so in love with you. Oh, I'll stand in awe of you. Yes, I'll stand in awe.
a hunger and if there's a hunger and a desire we're not we're not in too big of a rush here today hallelujah dismissed. Amen to all of our guests here today. We invite you to come back. Please uh, remember Wednesday night, 7 o'clock.